0: I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today I'm talking to Willie O'Quinn, who leads the church in Lawrence, Kansas, the home of the University of Kansas. Willie played football for the University of Kansas, graduated, and has led first the campus ministry and now the church in Lawrence. He's been in Lawrence for 15 years, and in this episode, he shares about what it takes to be an effective campus minister. How we can afford to have two campus ministry couples on staff in a church of around 100 members. How he defines success. He talks about his Chick-fil-A small church philosophy. And how he leads the church while raising four daughters, eight and under. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Christmas is around the corner. It's December 15th as of this recording. I'm fired up. My family's coming into town. I've got my in-laws coming in as well. It's just going to be a great, great time. I just love this time of year. It's so, so much fun. I mean, I'm so happy because the climb conference was so successful. I mean, just so life-changing. And now it's over so I can relax. So I feel such a sense of relief that that went well. I think people really enjoyed it and were helped, which was great. Something I'm kind of excited about. When I was in Texas, my wife and I went and did a little window shopping. We went into a kind of a journal store like a note note card store and I picked up a journal called The Best Year Journal. That always that always catches my eye. I was talk about the best year. I'm like, "Oh, I got to got to get that." So I picked it up. And essentially it's like a book that helps you recap the year and then start planning for having your best year in 20 2024. So I would recommend it. I've been working on it. I found it at intelligentchange.com intelligent change.com and it's called the best year journal. And I've been going through it and actually uh, I was one of the exercises is to recount all the things you're thankful for in 2023. And it said in order to help you flip through your phone and scan through all the photos from this past year. And, you know, I have an iPhone. And so it's, it's got it all by month. It's all organized and everything. And I started writing all the things I was thankful for, and I hadn't gone through my phone yet. And I, I'd had a you know long list of stuff I was grateful for. But then I went through my pictures and I'm like, whoa. There were so many things I had forgotten about that we'd done this year, that God had worked, and I was like, whoa. I, I mean, I had pages of stuff that I was so grateful for. I go, this was an amazing, amazing year. And so I would recommend doing that. Another thing that I would recommend doing is <clears throat> my wife and I, Pam, uh, one thing that we've done since we first got married is right around this time, beginning you know in December, we go away for a night or two, and we have a planning getaway. And we talk about the, the, the past year, the highs and lows, and then we talk about this coming year, and we talk about how's our marriage doing, we talk about our relationship with God, things we want to grow in, we talk about our financial plans, we talk about... Our kids, our, our family. We talk about where we want to go on vacation the next year. We talk about our ministry, our church, what are our goals for? I mean, it's it's basically like 48 hours of nonstop talking. We're just talking, talking, talking. And we'll go to a cafe and and we'll just write stuff down, just pages and pages of notes. It was so awesome. And Sedona, Arizona is one of the most beautiful places in the world. It's my certainly my wife's happy place. I like it too. But we had such a great time. We got away for 48 hours and it was just great we came up with a lot of ideas for our best year coming up in 2024 and so i'm looking forward to that so if you can and i i would strongly recommend take your wife or your husband get away go somewhere at least for 24 hours and just think through okay what happened that was great in 2023 and what's going to be even better in 2024 willie welcome to the program
1: thanks for having me good to be good to be on
0: yeah thank you so much. How'd you become a Christian?
1: Yeah, so I grew up. I was born in the Kansas City area, I moved to Dallas when I was a you know little kid. So uh, my parents were on the mission team to Kansas City and moved to Dallas to help kind of build the church there. and so I grew up in the you know in the church there. Uh, started studying in the teen ministry and uh, I got baptized in 2004 in the teens. And, you know, kind of got lucky, the church, obviously, our, our fellowship was going through a lot right around then, but just got lucky to have a lot of, um, a lot of guys that I grew up with in the area, and our parents were all good friends and great disciples, kind of regardless of circumstances in the church, and uh, we didn't really have any teen leaders or anything, but we all just kind of stayed close together and um, got baptized around the same time. Um
0: so you were yes, you were baptized you were born in the Kansas city you're like on the mission team to the Kansas City church and then you moved to Dallas and that's where you got baptized
1: yeah, my parents were on the mission team so I was born there in Kansas City they were they were baptized met and baptized while attending the University of Kansas and then we got married went to Kansas City for the mission team. I was born there and then we moved to Dallas shortly after so.
0: Okay, so your dad, his name is Shade.
1: Correct. Shade oh. and Sally O'Quinn. Okay. And they just moved here uh, to Lawrence about a year ago from, from Dallas. So oh. he served as an elder there for about five or six years.
0: Okay, Shade is one of the coolest names I've heard recently. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, that's pretty awesome. Yep. Now, he was on the board of, of directors at, in the church in Dallas. Is that right? I think I've met him
1: Yeah, he's done some board training. He served as an elder there for a little while.
0: Okay. I look forward to talking to him in the future. So, okay. So do your parents know Sean Wooten? Were they converted around the same time there in Kansas?
1: Yeah. So they were converted in the eighties and then, you know, Kansas city and Lawrence are really close to each other. So they were around when Sean was converted. Um, so yeah, so they, they've got a little bit of a relationship there and I kind of grew up around seeing sean and some of the guys that were baptized in that early 90s campus ministry at ku so there's a cool connection there we got to um sean actually him and his daughter and her husband came through lawrence uh this summer and we got to walk around campus with them and that was was a that was a pretty special time
0: that's awesome so sean was converted in, in lawrence correct at ku okay can you help me out here Kansas is in the middle of the country, and for those who are listening around the world, can you give a little tutorial on these towns and Kansas State University, of Kansas? Just help help me out.
1: Yeah, so um, I I joke and say KU is the center of the universe because <laughs> yeah. It's it's either the middle of nowhere or but I yeah we call it the center of the universe. The creator of Google Earth went to KU, <laughs> so when you log into Google Earth, I think the center point for everything is his apartment, you know, in this area when he was a student. So <laughs> uh, northeast Kansas is actually you know you think of Kansas is just flat and nothing, and that's true for most of it. Northeast Kansas City and Lawrence are a pretty cool area. Uh, Kansas City's a you know two million people metro. And then Lawrence, where KU is, is at, is about 45 minutes away. And from there, you've got, you know, the University of Missouri, little college town, about an hour and a half away. Um, Kansas State is about an hour and a half from here. Um, Iowa State is a couple hours from Kansas City. University of Nebraska is a couple hours from Kansas City. So we're in the heartland region, made up of Kansas, Arkansas, Missouri and um nebraska
0: okay so they're all kind of close mhm okay now the the mascot for the university of kansas is the jayhawks the jayhawks okay Dark Jayhawks, yep okay and and it's corn country that's that's
1: so kansas is more wheat but you do you know it's farm country so nebraska you got the corn huskers and kansas is the wheat state or the sunflower state but you got corn and wheat kind of all throughout.
0: Okay, so Kansas City is on the border with Missouri. Yep. Okay, and then Lawrence is, where is that from Kansas City?
1: It's about 30, 45 minutes west, depending on what part. So Kansas City, you've got Kansas City, Kansas, and Kansas City, Missouri. That's just kind of all of the metro.
0: Okay, so you're located halfway between Kansas City and Topeka. Yep. Then you keep because going, the and then you go to Manhattan, and that's where Kansas, Kansas State, State is. is. Okay, so they're all pretty close. So it's just a bus ride if you are going to be playing against Kansas State.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. I, I am so sorry. Just, I was born. Oh on, yeah. No, born great. on the West Coast, and I, I anything east of that, I get a little fuzzy. So thank you so much. Well, how did you meet your wife, Katie?
1: Yeah. So. Uh, we went to, I, I came up to KU. You know, my parents went here. My older brother had gone here. And I came up here. You know, it was my dream to go to KU. Uh, I came up here to play football and go to school. And my wife is from the area. She grew up in Nebraska, in Kansas City. And she went to the University of Missouri. Um, and she struggled quite a bit spiritually. She, you know, walked away for a little while. And she moved to Lawrence to kind of start over and I don't know, get, get reconnected with God. Um, and so I moved up here the same time she moved here. And so we, uh, we had some, our families were, I don't know, kind of friends sort of, so we, we sort of knew of each other growing up and uh, just became friends in the campus ministry here. Uh, and we started dating my sophomore year um and we had ups and downs in our relationships we were impure and broke up for a time um eventually got back together and got married in 2011.
0: okay so you got married in 2011 and in talking to you beforehand you've got four kids
1: four kids she's a little bit older than i am um not not by much but uh yeah, well, I, I got married younger. So I, was, I wasn't, I hadn't even quite turned 22 yet. So I got married. She was out of college. Um, she was teaching and I was finishing up college. We got married and started leading the campus ministry my senior year of college right after we got married.
0: Okay. So how old are you now?
1: I'm 34.
0: Oh, you're 34. Okay. And Startling, the, but you, let's talk a little bit about you. You went to KU to play football.
1: Yeah, I did. I always wanted to go here. So I probably would have gone here either way. Um, but I was a preferred walk on and played receiver and special teams got injured a lot. I, I played a decent amount my freshman year, but you know, couldn't stay healthy. So nothing, nothing glamorous, but that was kind of always my dream. So I, you know, our whole family's Jayhawks and, um, yeah, that was cool. So,
0: wow. Okay. So, but you got to wear the jersey, you got to go on the field.
1: Yeah. 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 We, we, uh, I've got some good memories. So it's good to, yeah, we, we, uh, that's a big part of why we're still here. So we, we love it here.
0: Yeah. Now, Kansas has such a great reputation, in particular for basketball.
1: Yeah. So when I came up here, you know, KU is always, pretty bad growing up. So I kind of figured, oh, man, I'll get to play, you know, play a lot if I come here. But they got good right in the early 2000s. So went to the Orange Bowl in 2007 and, you know, were ranked pretty high. So my freshman year, I think we were ranked nationally, went to a bowl game. And then the last 10 years have been rough. But then the last few years here, they've kind of rebuilt the program and are, are doing well. Uh, and the, yeah, the basketball program's obviously, you know, a blue blood, so.
0: Okay, so you you moved up here from from Dallas. You, you uh, went to school there. You've been there the whole time. You have you ever gone anywhere else?
1: No, we've we've been here now for a little over fifteen years.
0: Wow. Okay, fifteen years. Okay, now t- tell me, why would you choose ministry?
1: Yeah. So we. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. We didn't, we did not uh, necessarily intend on it. And when I moved up here, the church was about 50, 50 members, give or take, and the campus ministry was about 10. So it's not like, um, it wasn't a very glamorous situation. Uh, Ken and Esther Long uh, led the church. And I don't know, they really believed in Katie and I um, and, and discipled us and, you know, helped us navigate some rocky point spiritually esther helped restore katie and Kim. discipled me and they discipled us while we were dating and why we broke up and kind of through all of our sin and they were just very patient in us they always kind of maintained a vision and uh and then before we got married uh, we had interned a little bit but i was super prideful and my internship experience wasn't great uh so I, I, I wasn't, yeah, I don't know, we weren't really fired up about it, but they, they asked us to really consider trying out ministry. And I think at the time we really wrestled with, uh, the church here has always been small. It's a smaller region, the heartland, it's kind of a region of small churches in a sense. And we loved KU and we're really grateful for the church and how they had just kind of helped raise us spiritually. And so we just felt a a responsibility i guess like man if we don't if we don't do this then who's who's going to and there's just this cycle of people continuing to graduate and move away or or whatever and so if that's ever going to change you know someone's going to have to sacrifice and we've been given the opportunity and have people believing in us so we felt like we owed it to the church and to god just to give it a shot and i think from the, some of the sin in our life and some of what we had come out of, we, we just felt a, a kind of like when Paul's, you know, says, uh, his grace to me wasn't without effect. I don't know. We kind of felt that we kind of felt like, man, uh, we don't even deserve to be a part of the church, but here we are. So if, if we don't do this, why would we not do it? And who, who will, if we don't. So we gave it a shot and then fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, been here ever
0: since. At, at what point did you start leading the church?
1: So we've been leading the church now for um, a little over five years.
0: So right before COVID.
1: Yeah. So we we interned and we were students and then we interned, I think, my sophomore year. And then, you know, went through some ups and downs. And then we started leading the campus and we did that for eight years. And then we stepped into leading the church um, when I was 28. And then we had to kind of do both for a couple of years till we could kind of replace ourselves with the campus ministry. And we've been leading the church for, for five years in total.
0: That can be a really tricky situation because I, I know that Ken and Esther Long, they're still in the church, right? and They are, yeah. That can be really dicey when the former leader of the church stays in the church that they used to lead. And then, you know, someone else takes over. I've seen some situations where it really goes south What's made that work for you guys? Um,
1: You know, I I always say Ken is one of the most humble people that I know. Uh, He, you know, they had probably 20 years of ministry experience and got out of the ministry. He worked as a counselor and he served as an elder in Kansas City for a time. got out of all that to move here, to go back into the ministry. And... Um, I mean, the church. While well, they led the church here, it grew from fifty to probably 150. The campus and the church, you know, more than doubled or tripled. And you know, nobody knows who who Ken Ken is. So he's just he's just a humble guy. Loves God. Yeah. So we we work well together.
0: That's great. Okay, so they essentially they moved away for a couple of years, came back. So that kind of gave you a reset, essentially, a chance to kind of build on your own foundation. Now, I've heard some great things about your church and campus ministry from people I respect. Can you share some highlights? It sounds like you you took over. Maybe it was a little tumultuous there for a while, but good things have been happening.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like God has done a lot. It's hard, it's hard to, uh, well, our prayer, I remember early on when the Longs were discipling us, we would always pray at staff meeting for God to just work in ways that we can't take credit for. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, being here where the, the campus just growing a lot from 10 to 60 something and people going into the ministry, um, that was really exciting. But then the adults were also, um, you know, growing as well. Uh, I think at, it's the, 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 the heartland is, like I said, it's a region of small churches. They're actually, you know, over in Columbia, Vincent Robin led the church there and Janice and Melissa Bellio lead the church there now and Tim and Crystal Schmidt in Arkansas and Omaha. There's, there's a lot of pretty healthy small churches that have done that have done well and we kind of all had this period where we were praying for God to bless us with buildings um, and so I think most of the churches in our region got either free buildings or just kind of morag. So we, we, we have this little building right in the middle of town that a, a little church dwindled down to nothing And, you know, some of the adults here just kind of asked them if we could have it and they basically gave it, we bought it in cash for like 150,000 bucks. So uh, all that was happening, you know, 2010 to 2015, very exciting. We sent a couple to the university of Arkansas, um, and then stuff was pretty challenging for a time from probably 2018 to 2020, 2017 to 2020, um, and that tested, we had all these baby Christians, and it kind of tested tested their faith and, and pruned the church, I think. Uh, we were definitely tested by fire. So, you know, we had maybe 40 people move out. A lot of that was unrelated to some of the conflict that was going on. It's just college students graduating, and we're in a college town, so people just, you know, it's like a revolving door. Mm. And uh, so the church probably went back down to 75 or so when when we we're going through all that and then in the last i don't know i feel like when we went into covid we were kind of already pruned so anyone that didn't want to be here was already gone and everyone that was here was battle tested and unified you know when you when you go through division in the church the people that stick around definitely have a uh high view of unity so yeah so i feel like covid we didn't lose very very many people coming out of that And we were able to hit the ground running. Uh, We had hired a bunch of interns after Katie and I started leading the church, and just hoped that two of them would get married and we'd have a campus couple. (laughs) Two of them dated people from outside that ended up moving in, and so we ended up two campus couples. So that was that was special. And I think 2021 and 2022 we saw I don't know 30. 35 baptisms coming right out of COVID. Wow. Uh, So we had rebuilt some family, you know, the couples like the longs moved back. Some of those people that had moved out had come back and, um, yeah, we, we just had a, a healthy unified group. And so that was also a really exciting time. And then we just sent one of those couples, Turner and Lindsay Glissman to, uh, plant the campus ministry at the university of Nebraska. So they moved tomorrow. And that, that's been a big victory for the whole region. Uh, there used to be a church in Lincoln and, you know, big history there, but we haven't had one there for about, for, for a long time. So it's it's been a long time answered prayer. Um, so those are some of the highlights.
0: Right, right. There had some, Aren't there some church leaders that were converted in, in Lincoln?
1: Yeah, so Vince, you know, Vince and Robin, who they lead the St. Louis Church, and uh, he's the chairman of our region. He was converted at the University of Nebraska. He played football there. Um, And I think the church in Lincoln actually planted the church in Omaha. And then the church in Lincoln went through a lot of persecution and kind of fizzled out. So there's a lot of the members in Omaha that are from Lincoln, and it's just been this 15, 20 year prayer to someday get back there. So we're we're kind of doing a, a phased planting, I guess you could call it, over the next three to five years but Turner and Lindsay are gonna kinda take the first steps by moving there.
0: I see, so there's no real church there. Maybe there's some disciples, but they're they're gonna start a campus ministry first then grow it into a church.
1: Yeah, so they're, they're moving out there. They'll be a part of the Omaha church
0: because
1: mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's similar to Lawrence in Kansas City. They're, they're probably 45 minutes away. Uh, so they'll go to church there on Sundays and uh, they're just gonna start working on campus. They're, it's just them by themselves right now. We'll send some graduates this May And for probably two years, they'll just focus on campus. And then we'll send some couples to start a house church. And, uh, and over the next couple of years after that, hopefully it'll grow into a, you know, small church.
0: Okay. That's pretty exciting. Cause so so there's a lot there. Let me, let me just kind of go back. So when you started taking over the church, how big was the church? How big was the campus ministry? And tell me about the growth since that time. How, what what, what's the size now?
1: So man, a lot of growth 21 and 22 and then this year we'll have, you know, some about 15 move outs again. So sure. uh, we're we're right at right at a, we we might be 99 members.
0: Okay, in the church.
1: Uh, yeah, so it, it, it you know, we get to 150 and go mm-hmm. back down 120 and go back down, you know. So we're 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 used to that a little bit. We've had more people stick around. That's also been a pretty big victory, we kind of have this group of about 25 young professionals, singles, married with no kids, and probably a group of, oh, six or seven married couples with young kids, all all of which came out of our campus ministry. So I would say 70 of 75 of our 100 members are under the age of 35 and kind of all came through the campus and enough have stuck around to where we're able to kind of build a little bit now. And we're starting to have kids go to school and be able to reach out to some of the families in the area. So it's a very young church. Um, but yeah, we're right at a hundred members now.
0: Wow. And the size of the campus ministry is, did you say 60?
1: I'd I'd say it's 30. No, when, when we were leading it, you know, when I moved here and it was a part of the campus, it was about 10 students. And then I don't know, it grew to 65. Um, and then, you know, after some of the conflict, church had uh, probably down to the 40s, and then we went into COVID, and we came out of COVID around 20 or 25.
0: Wow, okay. um,
1: and, and had to take a little bit of time to rebuild. Um, okay. And then we've had a lot of graduates since then. So,
0: okay, so let's let's dial into the campus ministry first. What is your ministry philosophy, Willie? That's that's really awesome growth. You've been there a long time. You've ha- had time to kind of work in the laboratory to figure out what works on campus. You've, you yep. went to school there. So you've been there for 15 years. Like what, what's your approach to campus ministry?
1: Yeah, I would say there's a couple, couple things that, that have worked. Um, first thing I, that we talk about with our leaders or, or one of the things we, we talk about a lot is relational leadership. Um, we, you know, one of the mottos of our church is small church, big family. And so we, we just, uh, happy cows give more milk. We, we just like to have a lot of fun and feel like when, when things are family and people enjoy being together and want to be together, um, I don't know, things just tend to tend to go, you know, to go better. So, uh, relational leadership, we have a lot of fun with the students I I feel like being on a major university like KU, we we tried to be a part of campus a lot in the sense of, uh, I'll give you an example, one of our, it was our last Devo a couple weeks ago before Christmas break and KU played UConn, you know, top five basketball matchup. And so we had to figure out a way to have our, hey, how to have a good break another time. And, you know, a bunch of students were at the game. So they're just stuff like that. I don't know, making, making memories, doing a lot of fun things together, obviously discipleship and evangelism and all those kind of things. But I think when people are having fun and, and I think that that permeates throughout the whole church. Um, so that's one of the things, uh, relational leadership, relational evangelism, a lot of football, a lot of disc golf, a lot of, I'd I'd say most of my D times are throwing a football or shooting hoops or playing disc golf with whoever I'm getting with. And, um, you know, a lot of fantasy football. We just, we just have a lot of fun. Uh, And then I like to call it the Chick-fil-A principle as a church, really. You got your chicken sandwich and your waffle fries and that's it. And so there's a lot that we say no to as a church. And we've been even upfront with the church, like, Hey, there's probably, things you guys would like us to focus on that we're not going to focus on and because we're in a college town we feel like we have a responsibility to train the next generation so as a church our focus is build family and train young leaders Um, and so most of our budget goes into training young leaders and hiring interns and hiring campus staff a lot of what we do as a church is even with the adults is geared around the adults, helping mature the college students. And uh, we want to be a, we've got this little sign in the foyer that the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, and we want Lawrence to be a place that God uses to send out workers. Um, And so that's kind of our goal for, you know, we've got this big old map in the foyer and whenever somebody moves to another church and has an impact, you know, we put a little, little flag on the state or the country or the wherever. And that's, that's how we view the church here is just a training and ascending church. So I don't know, those are, you know, being really focused and having a focus and having a lot of fun and building family. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's some of our ministry philosophy.
0: That's awesome. So building family and then training young leaders. So what you're saying there, the Chick-fil-A philosophy, you call it Chick-fil-A philosophy? That's what I call it. Yeah. I love it. So what you're saying there is that you go to Chick-fil-A, basically they've got one thing on their menu that it's their chicken sandwich. And if you're looking for something else, you probably need to go to a different restaurant.
1: Correct. And they've got chicken nuggets, but it's just the same, you know, it's just the same thing. Like
0: it's It's just do same thing, but packaged differently.
1: They do one or two things really well. And we're a small church. So there's been times in the past where we've tried to do too much and it's kind of, um, you know depleted the the energy of the church a little bit so maybe as we grow we can increase our menu a little bit but yeah that's our bread and butter
0: that's that's fantastic there's a restaurant here in Tucson that's called In and Out Burger and it's the same thing they just have you know basically hamburgers cheeseburger shake and that's pretty much it i mean there's just not a lot more than that there is a secret menu but you have to ask for it so Okay, that's awesome. But let's talk a little bit about money because that would be really challenging. You are, you got high turnover, a lot of people transferring out, going to different cities. And how large is the, the metropolitan area right around Lawrence? What, like what kind? What's well,
1: we're, we're luckier than some college towns because we're 40 minutes from Kansas City and 40 minutes from Topeka. So I would say a large percentage of our adults in the congregation commute. To either Kansas City or Topeka for work. Um, I, I forgot see. what your
0: question was, but yeah. The issue is money. Yeah. You know, it's you've got college town. And so, how do you, su- you've got a lot of people on staff, you know, two, two couples that you just mentioned. How do you do that? How do you support both yourself with a family of six and then you've got two ministry staff couples how where's that money come from
1: yeah so we've gotten really lucky i'll say that as most of this you know the the things that have gone on here um i do think our, our staff has sacrificed a lot you know they 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 probably could have jobs making a whole lot more um and when when they all kind of moved here coming out of covid we kind of pitched the vision to them and said hey you, you could definitely go somewhere and get a better job but if you come here it's it's you know we're going to be able to afford this for a couple of years but you're not going to make much so um, they, they all sacrificed and made very little for a long time and even before us the the staff couples that have come before us made sacrifices and then the church has done a great job of saving it's always been a really generous church uh, we've gotten lucky with the building situation so we don't have really we have a little bit of cost to keep it up, but we don't pay a mortgage. We don't pay any rental fees or anything like that. Um, and then a lot of it is through alumni. We uh, we had a about 12 years ago, um, I'll just say a donor, uh, kind of realized the small church situation. And with Katie and I being here, um, they kind of realized, man, that the, these small churches in college towns are not going to grow with just one couple trying to do both. So you need a college couple, a campus ministry couple, and you need a lead couple. And so he, he pitched in about $25,000 a year just to help hire Katie and I, and it started to work. And so then from there, he developed a campus ministry fund for the Texas family of churches and the Heartland and basically went to the larger churches in those regions and said, Hey, I'll pitch in a hundred thousand bucks for Texas and a hundred thousand bucks for the heartland every year. If you bigger churches will match me. And it only goes to the small college town churches because if they grow, all those graduates are going to move into your bigger cities. And so a lot of the larger churches pitched in. And so that fund has helped us hire campus couples for uh, you know, all over our region, University of Missouri, University of Arkansas, University of Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M. I mean, a lot of those college town type churches have have received funds from those you know donations for the last ten years. And then we would we write letters every year to alumni. And we have what we call Jayhawk Legacy Fund, and uh, we try to get alumni to give back. Um, and then that donor that started those funds has you know pitched in in the last couple of years we received some additional funds um so honestly it's it's been a lot of outside giving and we just every once in a while we'll have a a parent of an alumni or an alumni that'll you know pitch in 10 or 15k uh and that that helps us hire summer interns and keep training and sending out and kind of keeping it going
0: that's awesome. What, what an amazing uh, person, whoever did that. And a great, great plan to help the smaller churches and the smaller campus ministries. Because I go, man, that's the tricky part. You know, to have a full-time staff couple plus a campus ministry couple, it's necessary, but really it's a, such a stretch. It is. Okay. So I, I want to just ask you, too, like, how do you and Katie do the ministry together? That's one of the challenges. You've you've got a big family, got four kids all under the age of eight. I go, whoa. How do you manage that?
1: That's a great question. (laughs) Um, Oh boy. I, you know, I don't know. It's, there's been seasons, right? Like there's seasons where we had no kids and, and, you know, you learn how to communicate and have planning time. I think that was something really important for us early on is just having a time on Tuesdays after staff meeting where we could plan our weeks. And, um, and then we started having kids and that's the juggle, you know, going on campus and, you know, just really communicating who's taking the baby. We got a Bible study, all that kind of stuff. I think with one kid, you're still able to, you know, run and gun a little bit. And then two kids, I had a, I had a tough transition with, with two kids. So I I would say by that point we had to start working through interns and leaders. And um, we always felt strong about having good boundaries so that we could spend good time with our kids. Um, So both of our kids, we were lucky too. There's a woman in the church that ran an in-home daycare. And so our two kids went there for a bulk of the day. And then when we picked them up, we had three or four hours where we just no ministry just focused on family Till they went to bed. Um, and then as we, we had our third kid when we started leading the church, um, and COVID was going on, so all the kids were in the house. So I don't know, I just think you've got to be flexible. My wife is incredible. She is just very high character, high functioning, um, is not super up and down. She's a really hard worker. And I think we've just developed a good, a good partnership. And there's things that I do well that she allows me to focus on. And we've had to communicate things we need. There was a time where I felt like a stay at home dad. And I just felt like I had no, (laughs) uh, it was just killing my ambition or drive or zeal. And I just had I just needed, it was hard for me to communicate what I needed, but I needed a, Hey, I, I needed her to take the kids for afternoon so I could go out and, and do what I needed to do. And she, and she's just she's awesome. she she loves being a mom. She loves the girls um, and he, all of that. Well, I mean, it. you know, I'm glad we didn't have four kids at once. So we got to kind of grow into it. Right. Uh, and then we've got a great leadership group. Our staff is incredible. Our older adults are, you know, leaders are so supportive. Um, and fortunately, both of our parents just moved to Lawrence. Uh, but they've always been very helpful so uh, and then our staff you know whatever we we've we've got so many college kids that we've uh, been able to have babysitters so um I don't know we've got to work really hard and communicate and be really flexible but uh we've made it work so
0: you've been there for 15 years how do you keep the motivation going the the fire in your belly being in the same place and, Typically, ministers travel around a lot. There's a lot of transition, transferring, getting new jobs, staying there two years and moving on. What helps you to stay fresh, to stay fired up?
1: Man, that's a good question. Um, I think we've, think you know, taking trips, because we're in a small church, we've always had support of going to, conferences or ICMC's or, or whatever. And those, those are always, those always help me get inspiration. Um, I think it helps that we love this university and, you know, uh, I mean, we just bleed crimson and blue. Like it's, so that that's probably a big part of it. There, there have, feels like every couple of years, sometimes you'll get that itch to, you know, maybe there's something else out there or, you know, we'll get a job offer and we, we've always gone and visited. And if somebody offers us a, a, a legitimate offer, um, we'll kind of do our due diligence. We'll pray about it. We'll fast. We will maybe go for a little visit, but we've always just come back to, um, I think early on there was just such a need in the heartland and in, in in Lawrence. It just felt like, man, it just didn't feel right. And I think as time has gone on, um, I think during that hard season of the church, I kind of wanted to leave, but I felt like I can't I can't run away from something. So I've gotta my prayer was, you know, God, don't don't call me to go anywhere until I don't want to leave. Cause I just didn't want to quit when things were hard. Right. And then and then I think now we've kind of built a little bit of a foundation and we kind of have a a rhythm and a system of training. And I love major D one universities with sports teams and all that. And so I just, we're at a season of life too, where if we move somewhere else, I don't know if we have the, uh, I think we're beyond that stage of getting on campus every day and building building a campus ministry and a a kind of a training center from scratch with four young kids. So it just, it feels like if we were to go anywhere else, we'd be hitting the reset button and we've got a really, a really good situation. So we're, we're definitely open if God ever calls us somewhere. Um, But up to this point, he's, he's kept us here and we're just trying to make the most of it for as long as we are here. So.
0: Right. Well, you're kind of like uh, Deion Sanders at uh, the last school, would let Jackson State, then he went on to Colorado, University of Colorado, kind of went up into the D1 ranks. You've done a great job in a small church, small city situation, and I'm sure that there's a lot of larger cities that are looking like, hey, man, we got to get this guy to come to Boston or Los Angeles or Seattle or something like that how do you work it out in your, in your mind to define success and be fired up right there? Like if, I know you've talked a little bit about, you know, Hey, we we build family and we train people, but like, how do you define success for yourself? So you go, listen, even if I stay here for another 20 years, I'm an absolute success in the work that God has given me.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know, I think we, I definitely feel strongly that we plant, we water and God makes it grow. And so there's just, there's there's stuff that's out of our control. Um I think my pride almost destroyed me as a, as a young campus intern and college kid. It almost ruined my relationship, you know, almost ruined my faith. And so when we came out on the other side of that, I, I just felt really, Just lucky to be here and um, just I feel a a healthy fear of having impure motives or uh, I don't know. There was there was a a time where I really wanted to be in a bigger church and maybe a bigger platform and a bigger whatever. And uh, that that just always appealed to me. And I think God has kind of eroded some of that unhealthy impure motives and, and pride out. And so I don't know. I don't know if we've ever missed out on opportunities being in Lawrence. And I feel like we've been able to have an impact. And then I also just love, I love college towns. I love big universities. I love having four kids and only having to drive, but we have such a young church, you know, I I drive five minutes and there's 20 guys that are really good at basketball or football (laughs) and and I don't have to go through traffic and, and, you know, we go to all the KU basketball games and all the KU football games, and I'm able to do a little bit of chaplain work with the football team. So we, we've we've built so many connections in the city and in the university that uh, I, 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 I'm sure we're not going to be here forever, although if we were, I wouldn't be upset. Um, but I just feel like, man, we're just going to make the most of this time we're here because once this season's over, if we were to ever move, you know, I don't know if we'll get something like this, like this again. It keeps me young.
0: That's awesome. What do you look for in a campus minister? Someone you're going to train? What, what, if you had to give three qualities for a successful campus minister, what would they be?
1: I think, you know, discipline and character is, is, is big. They got to love God. They've got to love people. We talk about this with our leaders that are now building their own leadership groups, um, you know, they've got to love God. They've got to love people. Are they humble and teachable? Uh, do they have character? Like, are they doing well in school? Um, are they disciplined? And, you know, something we do with our student leaders is uh, we, we we kind of joke about it, but we have all our student leaders make their beds every day. Like that was something that we trained early on. <laughs> and we have our and at any time in the group thread, you could, you know, call for a bed check and they've got to take a picture. <laughs> posted on the chat whether it's made or not so just that you know it's the principle of just doing little things well um and so i feel like if they have that then you know you can work with it and, and then i always feel like there's maybe an x factor like will people follow them and that maybe determines you know if they're gonna be a, a bible talk leader an intern or or a, a trainer or you know their maybe their level of impact but Um, you know, and in that, I don't know, for a campus minister, I like a little bit of crazy, someone who can have fun. Uh, I do think being on a university like KU, you've got to, you know, you've got to love, you know, you got to love the university. You've got to love, you know, if you, if you're the campus minister at KU and you don't like basketball, you're you're missing out on a whole, you know, half half the the university. So I think it, it changes depending on what university you're at. But I don't know i feel like you got to have a little crazy in you
0: when you talk about your training like what like what are you doing to train these your your leaders
1: yeah i i think it takes it takes time to train um obviously you've got the the mit's and the training programs and things like that which i, right. I think are essential to development but i i think it we want them to be a part of our family we have them over in our home a lot they they know our girls they babysit our girls their aunts and uncles they see us discipline they see the the good and the ugly of our, you know, the crazy, they see all the craziness. And then it's just consistently uh, debriefing. I think the more time you spend, you, you you know, you see those character issues and there's lots of pulling aside conversations. I think like Jesus had with the disciples, um, you know, you pull aside after church service or after Devo or after a Bible study or after a, an event or anything, whatever, you you know, you're playing basketball with the guys and you notice some things and there's, you just try not to miss opportunities to train, whether it's character or training opportunities or things that you notice. And, um, I think when you do that, you have a lot of fun together, really believing in them, um, giving them opportunities, you know, our, our young guys get to preach a decent amount. That's one of the benefits I think of being in a smaller church. I probably am having one of those Campus guys preach each month. And, you know, I work with them on their sermons and try to be in studies when I can with them, especially a lot early on so they can watch me and I can watch them and lots of debriefing and um, and then giving them freedom to run around and mess up and talking about it and following up. And you do that over two or three years. Um, and I think that's where a lot of that stuff starts to take root.
0: That's awesome. What a great... What a great snapshot of your training! When you look back on your 15 years there, there's there's been some ups and downs, but what are you the most proud of?
1: Hmm. Good question. Hmm. I think I'm proud of the the church enduring a, a difficult season. I'm just really proud of proud of the group. Um, I think being able to be here for so long, you know, you you kind of get, you know, seeing some of the the moms and dads of young kids now that were a part of the campus ministry early on, like just seeing just seeing all that. I'm proud of the, the young interns and people that we've had kind of come through the ministry and um, Yeah, I'm 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 proud of uh, you know it, it was last football season. It was cool getting to you know have a little in in the program and getting to go to practice a little bit and do some chaplain work. That, that was cool. That was that was, a, that was a special you know special moment for me. But I don't know. I, I would probably just say the the church enduring some of those difficult seasons and people sticking around and sacrificing and seeing some of these guys go from you know young idiots in the campus ministry to men that are leading their families and have careers and seeing them help other people and just kind of seeing, I don't know, I took a picture a year ago of there's about five or six of us. We were all at the KU basketball game. And it was cool because a lot of those guys that I had a current campus intern that was a student, a campus minister, two campus ministers, and then two or three guys that were in the campus ministry that had interned. And are now helping lead our yo pros and our young families, and it's just cool seeing seeing all that kind of come to fruition over time. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if that answers it, but that's been. I I don't know if we uh, appreciate it, uh, you know, being being in it right now. So I'm sure someday I'll look back and and think, yeah, you know, yeah, pretty good deal.
0: What impresses me is you're you're reaping the fruit of perseverance and patience and staying with uh, the same program over the course of 15 years and seeing it grow and bear fruit. There must have been a lot of times like, I hope this works out. And yet you've persevered and seen it grow. And also, what's also impressive is you're certainly not advertising what you're doing there. I mean, it it was difficult to nail you down for this interview. It's not like you're looking to um, blow your own horn about the work you're doing there, even though... Rumors are getting out that your your ministry is growing and healthy. That's that's impressive, and so I really want to commend you for that. Let me just ask this final question: What advice would you give to a person who wants to make this life count?
1: Hmm. I would say, be patient and endure. So, um, anything that counts. Or is worth anything is gonna cost something and is gonna take time and sacrifice and patience and there's no there's no quick fixes. Uh it takes hard work. Our little family motto is oh quins don't quit. So we talk about that with our girls all the time. <laughs> like, man, um, you know, you fall off your bike, whatever. Like anything in this life that that is worth anything, nothing comes without effort, and it's gonna um it's going to require some grit and some sacrifice and some hard work and some resiliency, and you just can't, you can't quit. You got to endure and be, be patient, and hang on sometimes. Um, so that's probably what I would say, whatever that is that they want to do, it's not going to happen overnight and that it, it, there's just no quick fix to it. So
0: you've certainly exemplified that in your own life. So Willie, thank you so much for your time, all the best to you there in Lawrence, Kansas and the work you're doing at the university of Kansas.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks, Rob. Rock Chalk.
0: Thanks for listening. Here's how you can help support the program. First, hit the subscribe button and send a link to your friends. Secondly, read and review one of my books, How to Plant and Grow a Church, or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. And you can find them on Amazon.com. I've been so encouraged because uh, there is a church on the east coast and now a second church that's going to be using courage as a midweek class and using it as kind of a class that their church can go through which is really really flattering and honoring i'm just so excited about that but it's you know it's filled with stories about how to really improve in the area of courage which you know it's it's vital for living a no regrets life you got to have the courage to do it so I really appreciate those church leaders who are doing that. Finally, support the Rob Skinner podcast with a gift. The link is in the show notes. It's really easy to do. Thank you so much for that. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.